healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas. Most of us have probably heard about ADHD and ADD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. More than 6 million children in the U.S. have been diagnosed with the disorder, and many adults are also living with this condition. So what exactly is ADHD and ADD, and what do we need to know about it? Today we're talking with Dr. Wendy Watson, a district medical group psychiatrist at Valleywise Health and director for the outpatient clinic at Valleywise Behavioral Health Center, Mesa. Dr. Watson, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Yeah, having you back on. I know we've you've been a popular guest of ours. We've had you a couple times, so really appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. Of course, anytime. So what exactly are ADD and ADHD, and what is the difference? Um, you know, this is a great question because I get it asked all the time. It's a bit confusing, but all it's really talking about is are two different subtypes of one clinical disorder, what we like to call it. Um, so it's um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And there's three different subtypes. One of them is where somebody has inattentive presentation or inattentive symptoms. And so that's somebody who might not be exactly hyperactive. You know how we think about those little kids and they're just running around like crazy, can't sit still. And that's usually our, a general picture of ADHD. Well, the inattentive subtype or ADD is what people um, used to refer to and sometimes still refer to it. Um, it's just where you have that trouble with focusing. You might have trouble um, completing tasks or staying on task, um, trouble organizing things, um, like uh, trouble um, kind of losing things, being um, forgetful, and um, trouble really just following through with instructions. And the ADD or ADHD, you know, ADHD, um, uh, hyperactive um, and impulsive subtype is where you actually have all the impulse or um, inattentive symptoms, plus you also have um, um, symptoms of hyperactivity and impulsivity with it. So those are those little bouncy kids you see running around and like kind of getting into everything and your classic kind of ADHD presentation. And those kids are very impulsive. They um, have trouble sitting still. They're getting up out of their seat every few minutes. Um, they look like they're like a little energizer bunny, just going, going, going. Um, have trouble waiting turns, getting bored real quick. Um, and so those that that's actually where you have both um, symptoms, and that's generally called a combined presentation. And there's also one where actually there's um, just the hyperactive impulsive. We don't see that quite as often. Usually we just see the ADD kind of inattentive or where you have all three of those categories of symptoms. See, when I hear about all those different signs and symptoms of ADD and ADHD, it sounds like every kid to me, um, you know, I have a three-year-old and she pretty much checks all of those boxes. So how do you know if your child's just, you know, a normal kid who can't sit still or if there might be something more going on? Well, you know, that is such a good question because, you know, all of us, I think, can look a little ADHD or ADD at times. Um, what matters about that is, um, you know, it's the severity. 
you know, if you're a little kid, you're not meant to really sit and concentrate and focus more than a few minutes, especially when your daughter's age. I mean, they really don't have the attention span because their brain hasn't quite developed yet in order to really sustain attention. What we look at is generally is how severe somebody is. Is it, and, and the big key, is it causing impairment? Um, especially when you're looking at little kids, I think teachers are some of the best people who can really just really see it. They know normal kids and they say, you know what, everybody's sitting during story time and they're doing a good job and it's a cute short story, but little Johnny can't even get himself to the mat and then he gets to the mat, he hops back up and then he's playing with the water fountain and you can't get him to even focus for, you know, a few seconds. So it's causing troubles in school. Um, And that's where you kind of see, is it just normal kid behavior or is it actually something that maybe needs to be treated? Is there a minimum age where you recommend parents bring their kids in to be diagnosed for something like that? And how does the diagnosis actually work? Um, well, as far as minimum age, there's not really um, a true minimum age. I mean, um, you know, usually you start seeing sim- symptoms with ADHD in childhood. Um, but, um, you know, I've seen kids, very young kids, um, who have, um, you know, are usually, you know, five years old and maybe are really struggling. Those are, they're pretty rare, but those are the kids that usually are getting themselves into so much trouble that they're almost, you know, dangerous at times because they're so hyper and so impulsive, um, like that it's taken two, two people just to stop them from jumping out of like jumping into the monkey cage in the, at the zoo or something like that. Um, that's pretty, it's rare, but we do see that at times. Um, usually it's just school that does it though. The teachers actually see it and say, you know what, this kid is developing a little bit differently than other kids are. Um, or they might take a little bit longer to develop. And so I'm, we're seeing that, you know, um, ADHD really is a what we call a brain development disorder. They, kids with ADHD often just need a little more time for their brains to develop. And that's interesting. The teachers almost have to be um, more aware of, you know, behavioral health issues in their kids so they can report it back. Absolutely. I mean, really, teachers are a front line for um, mental health issues. They they know kids better than almost anybody does. Um, they see all the normal kids. And when they start seeing some abnormal behaviors, they're the ones that really do start raising that red flag. If you're just tuning in with us, we're talking about everything you need to know about ADHD and ADD. If you or your child needs to make an appointment with a doctor, you can call Valleywise Health at 833-855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. Um, we're talking about you know ADD, ADHD, um, signs and symptoms. Can ADD or ADHD end up leading to other health concerns down the road, especially, I guess, if it's not treated? Absolutely, it can. And um, I, the, the, the big thing is, um, you know, if, if you don't kind of catch it early um, and at least make some adjustments in your life, um, you know, then maybe, you, you know, you might be somebody who, if you're having trouble focusing, like, for example, as teenagers, when you're just learning how to drive, you might have more troubles focusing on the road. And, um, you know, kids with ADHD that are untreated are a little more likely to have things like car accidents, even just minor ones. It's just because they have a lot of trouble focusing. 
And so we mostly see when kids are younger, it's the injuries that we're watching out for just because they might. They're impulsive. They don't think things through maybe before they do it and they just jump off the couch and then they hurt their arm. So um, usually when they're younger, it's kind of, like I said, that that kind of thing. And the, the later on um, health issues that we might see is if someone doesn't get diagnosed and they don't know quite what's wrong with them and they're like, wow, you know, why is, why is my brain... Um, you know, a little bit different than everyone else's. And they might kind of start labeling themselves like I'm just dumb, or I'm just um, not good at things. And then that kind of could lead to things like depression or other problems down the road. Um, so we really like to try to identify people just just to give them a little education, even if they're not interested in medication, just a little education to say your brain works a little differently. Here's some things you need to look out for and some things you can do. And, um, you know, and be gentle with yourself. And it's okay. It's okay. Your brain works a little differently. Everybody has a unique brain and that's all right. Absolutely. So kind of on the other side of that, you know, why, why is it that some kids have this and some kids don't, you know, do other health issues cause ADD? First of all, when it comes to, you know, mental illness, I think like, or and, and mental problems, I think a really good place is to start with your pediatrician or with your doctor. Um, because you should always just kind of make sure you get a good checkup and make sure there's no kind of health issues that could be causing any issue, any like mental health problems. That's like kind of always one of the first steps that I tell people to take. Always see your primary care doctor first, get a good checkup, make sure you're not missing something in the lab or something else is going on. But what I'm used to generally seeing are um, some other actually, actually mental health conditions that can look like ADHD. For example, uh, people that are really, really anxious. To be honest, I think all of us are a little bit anxious right now <laughs> with everything that's going on in the world. You know, it, how normal, it's totally normal for why you're kind of anxious to have poor concentration, to forget, be forgetful at times. Um, you know, you're not able to be at 100% if a portion of your brain is kind of worrying about things or thinking about things. That's really normal. You know, and if somebody has a true anxiety disorder, they might have a lot of trouble focusing. And it might just be because they're thinking and worrying and really and really stressed. So that's why it's so important to get a very thorough workup and really kind of talk to somebody about it and make sure they're checking all the boxes. Because things like anxiety, depression can be one of them as well. People have trouble focusing and they can kind of mimic or look like ADHD, but there's a whole lot of other symptoms that go along with it. And we don't want to miss those. Absolutely. And it, it's probably empowering for a lot of these people once they do get diagnosed to understand, you know, I, I'm not dumb. I'm not, you know, this is an actual reason why I'm feeling this way. And then you can do something about it. It's really is because I think, um, People are told they're like dumb or lazy. I hear that a lot as well. Um, some people say, oh, you're just crazy. But when you realize, you're like, no, I, I maybe just have a special brain. Um, I, I really think people with ADHD and some adults I've even met with ADHD um, have unique brains that actually almost have special powers. I joke with my kids, like the unique abilities, such as just being very artistic or really thinking outside of the box. Um, and I've seen some um, adults saying ADHD, have a little t-shirt saying ADHD is my superpower um, because we need people out there in the world that think outside of the box or think more creatively than other people. So if you're kind of get diagnosed with it and you understand what's going on, 
you can really kind of, it can help you do things like pick out a really good job for, for yourself that maybe you're, you're not going to get bored at quickly and can use some of that creative power. Um, or kind of structure your life so you make sure you don't lose your keys every two seconds and other things like that. It just a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. A special brain. I really like how you put that and, you know, that perspective on it. Um, Dr. Wendy Watson is answering your questions about ADD and ADHD. Behavioral health services are offered at several ValleyWise Health locations, and you can make an appointment by calling 833-855-9973 or by visiting valleywisehealth.org. So once you are diagnosed with this disorder, um, you know, you can make next steps to move forward. Um, when would you recommend disclosing that condition with with somebody, either at school, at work, or otherwise? When working with kids, I, I think it's, especially at school, it is always better for the teachers to know what's going on. There's no real drawback to that because often when people know like that you're not just being mean and forgetful or being like oppositional and trying to make their lives harder, the teacher's life harder. Once they know that actually you have a medical condition and you're in the middle of getting treatment for it, people go, oh, you know, they stop taking it personally and they start saying, oh, well, that makes sense. You know, there's some things that we can maybe, is there something we can do around the, you know, in the classroom to help out? Um, And same thing with work. You know, I, I think what I would definitely do, especially as an adult, is talk to your um, psychiatrist about it or your doctor about it and to kind of get their opinion. But, you know, my experience has been that once you've kind of, you know, people see <laughs> ADHD, you could, see, you know, people see it. It's It can be obvious to teachers. It can be obvious at times to employers. And just kind of a little bit of knowledge and maybe a little bit of accommodations you can make in in the workplace or in school can really go a long way. Absolutely. So, you know, after you've talked with your doctor and then maybe talked to the people who need to know, how how do you treat this um, ADD and ADHD? In mental health issues, there's often two ways to treat things. Um, One of them is, of course, kind of therapy or counseling. And the other one is medication. Um, ADHD is truly um, kind of like a, a brain development dis- disorder, as I said earlier. Um, it is something that responds actually incredibly well to medications, um, but not everybody wants medications, and that's okay. Um, so what I talk to people about is really looking at what kind of things you can do within your environment, what type of habits you can create that will make your life so much easier. Um, and I usually have people work with a, a therapist or a counselor on this or even an ADHD coach. For example, teaching kids, um, I have my ADHD kids put a basket by the door. When they walk in, their backpack goes straight in that little basket so they never lose it because they often lose things so quickly. And later on in life, that then turns into putting you know, your purse in the basket. Or, you know, later on in life, your cell phone and your wallet goes in um, a little, you know, area right by the door. So creating these habits early can make a huge difference for ADHD. I want to introduce uh, Chencho Flores. He's our audio producer for this show, and he has a couple questions for you. Is there any um, correlation or cause for ADHD that comes with the use of electronics or tablets or that sort of thing? That's a great question right now because um, this is the the year of electronics, I think, just because of the pandemic. We have all been 
glued to probably one of our, our only sources of entertainment at times. But when it comes down to ADHD, um, the actual like using of tablets and using of electronics isn't a cause, a shown cause of ADHD. It can certainly train your brain to become a little more distracted in a way, because um, if you think about it, if you're kind of constantly scrolling, constantly used to being busy, constantly trying to do two, three things at one time, you know, you're actually, it's almost like you're working out your brain to be a little more distracted. It doesn't mean that your brain is kind of permanently like that or like, you know, that it it actually causes um, you to have an actual true disorder. You know, ADHD is is genetic. There's a large um, genetic component to it. So you'll often see people who will have parents um, or uncles or other people in the family who maybe never got diagnosed with ADHD, who had a really hard time in school or a hard time kind of holding down a job. And so I tell people it's like height, you know, usually if you have a tall parent, um, you might be tall too. Not always. I have a real tall dad, but I'm short myself, but it's usually genetic. There's a, a host of things that can, you know, that they're looking at to see what else can cause ADHD, but not a lot of great data beyond kind of mostly genetic things, having it run in families. So I want to talk about the medications that might be prescribed um, to someone with these conditions. Um, the ones, the only ones that I know, because I'm not very familiar, would be, you know, Adderall or maybe even Ritalin. Um, can you explain, you know, what those medications do to, to someone who's taking them? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's, there's two ma- major categories that I like to think of for ADHD medication. And one is called stimulant medications, and the other one's called non-stimulant medications. Um, And stimulant medications are like Ritalin or Adderall. And it's so funny when I start to bring up this conversation with people, they're like, why would you ever want to stimulate my ADHD kid more? And um, I, what I kind of say is I totally get that. But what it's doing is um, ADHD, again, we're talking, you know, it's a a brain development thing. And the front part of your brain here um, are kind of the parts of the brain that say focus, 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 finish this, stay on task. And that that's the part of the brain actually that needs to be stimulated. So when you take that medication, you actually are activating a part of your brain that can help you to focus or help um, a kid with ADHD to kind of have that second to think, should I do that? Should I not do that? And then actually make a decision versus just really impulsively going for it and then getting themselves in trouble. Um, so the the stimulant medications really do activate that good part of our brain that most of us already have activated, but that maybe is a little bit slow for them. You know, as far as if you're wanting to know about like more uh, potential side effects and things like that, um, you know, the it, it does stimulate that part of the brain, but maybe some people... Um, it can cause them to be a little more awake than than normal because, you know, so I tell people you have to take that medicine early because you don't need to be awake in the middle of the night. You don't want to take that medicine really late at night. You want to be awake early when school's going on. Um, Or sometimes it can actually decrease your appetite a bit. And, you know, we do things such as checking um, heart rate and pulse and just making sure that the body is actually responding to it well. So what happens if someone who doesn't have ADD or ADHD, um, what happens if they take one of these, you know, stimulant drugs? You know, if you, if you don't have ADHD and you, and you take it, the, the really unfortunate part of that is that 
you know, you haven't been looked at medically and you're not being followed medically. And so you're taking it with, you know, without any prescription. And you don't even know if you have a medical problem that could really adversely react to that. Um, For example, you know, like I said, we check vital signs like heart rate and your pulse. I like your pulse and your um, blood pressure and make sure that um, sometimes stimulants can increase that a little bit. And so we really monitor that. Well, you know, if somebody who maybe doesn't even know that they have high blood pressure or they don't know they have a heart problem takes it, that could be a a, a medical emergency. It, It can be actually have really significant health effects. Also, you know, um, without some people can take it and really um, have a lot of trouble with sleep. And some people even can have some major side effects from it, like psychiatric side effects, like um, if they take too much uh, stimulant medication, they can do things like cause the opposite where they have problems with uh, um, where they can't focus at all. And even maybe even have like kind of psychotic symptoms where they might be hearing voices or seeing things that aren't there. And that's because you already you already have enough of your own brain chemicals there and you're adding extra. And that's a really dangerous situation. That makes a lot of sense and definitely not something to take lightly or, you know, share prescriptions with your friends or other people, Um, something to work with, uh, with your doctor on for sure. Absolutely. We're talking with Dr. Wendy Watson, a psychiatrist at District Medical Group in Valleywise Health about ADHD and ADD. Um, So we've talked a lot about how it's diagnosed as... um, as a child, and how does that change as someone gets older? You know, can it can it go away, or does it adjust in any way? Um, well, one of the key things I like to talk to parents about is that a lot of the stuff we see in childhood can absolutely change over time because the brain is developing and growing right along with the body. So, you know, we constantly have to reassess and see where somebody's at see if they're still having troubles or not having troubles and seeing, um, you know, if any new problems pop, you know, kind of come along. So when somebody with ADHD comes in, I I let the parents know that we're going to continue to monitor it, that their brain will continue to develop. It might take them a little bit longer than others. And there is a good chance, like the, the likelihood is that they will continue to have symptoms in adulthood almost always we see a lot of those symptoms get better. We will often see, like you'll see kids that are really hyperactive when they're younger. And as they get older, they're not quite as hyper. They can kind of control it a little better. Um, so they might have symptoms. They you know, are more likely to have symptoms when they're older, but usually that brain is developing, their symptoms get better. And the fact is that they, they when they're diagnosed early, we can still do things to teach them um, how to keep organized and l- learn really good habits. And that they can actually take into adulthood and actually improve their outcomes. Do you feel like these conditions are overdiagnosed or maybe not diagnosed enough? I talk about this. My, my husband asked me this actually not too long ago, and I said both. <laughs> I feel like both answers are true at times. I think there's certain um, communities where maybe they don't have um, enough access to mental health professionals, or maybe that you know there's people that don't have the insurance or they can't afford it, and often there's not even enough. Um, psychiatrists and particularly child psychiatrists in certain areas. So they're not really getting the opportunity to even have the diagnosis, you know, to, to be evaluated and see whether or not they have the diagnosis. So there's many areas where it's, it's not being diagnosed um, and not being caught. And that's really unfortunate. As far as overdiagnosis goes, um, that's a big question that a lot of us in, in psychiatry 
are asking ourselves, you know, um, people will, uh, I, I don't see this as much in my practice, to be honest, but I know others will say like, they'll have somebody bring their kid in and they'll say, I think they have ADHD because, you know, they got to be and you're like in, in science and we're like, whoa, 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 that's not ADHD. <laughs> so um, I think people are concerned about it more, but um, if it's diagnosed properly um, and you're actually seeing a, you know, a, um, a psychiatrist for it, I think it's likely just to be, um, you know, caught well. And if you and if you don't have it, they're going to tell you you don't have ADHD. <laughs> I have so many more questions, and I wish we could keep talking forever, but we are unfortunately out of time. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you've heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There, you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a ValleyWise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.